Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. My name is Wandi Lesishi. And I'm George Meany. And today we have a super interesting episode. Um, and it's something that I think you could give us a little bit of insight into, George, um, which is the true cost of different things. We've done true cost of buying a car, but we've never done true cost of selling a car. And what's the true cost of owning an EV? I thought we might be able to unpack some of that today. Sure. Before we get into that, did you watch the race? Um, Japan. Japan, yeah. Suzuka. Uh, it, was, it was disappointing because um, I thought that maybe the regulation changed. I don't think it was the wings. I think I was wrong. It, wasn't, it was the floor. So it was the, I know, I think it was, it was the front wings. Um, front wings. Mm. Wasn't, I heard them talking about something about the floor change. Anyway, but... Um, uh, Max seemed to have run away from the field again, yeah, you know. I so, so you know, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't uh, Red Bull trying to cheat the system. Well, I mean, he won by what? I think it was he was ahead by eighteen seconds. Nineteen seconds, yeah, yeah. 18, 19 seconds. So, the gap has definitely closed up a little bit. It could be the track, of course. Um, I think we'll have to come kind of see um, mm. with the rest of the races. But the the field has closed up, um, and some might argue that that's just developed. Well, this was a very long track. Yeah. I think Suzuki's one of the longest. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was only, what, a 53-lap lap race mm. whereas versus 70. Oh, I did Black like, Monza or something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it remains to be seen. I'm, you know, the, the, the trouble is the next race could win Miss Verstappen the championship yeah. in the sprint race. I mean, they they won constructors in, in, in Japan. So yeah. that's done. Um, but the drivers want the drivers, and I think that's where it's, you know. Yeah, the drivers is the epic one. Yeah, it's the one that. But he could win it in the sprint race. Yeah. All they need to do is set that car up for the sprint race. What happens after that? Do we just. No, well, then it's about second and third. Mm. Then, then, then we just, you know, we let them be on pole and. <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. You know what I think was interesting was, was watching the George and Lewis battle because there's clearly something that's going on there. I don't think they see each other as teammates anymore. I think they see each other as definite competitors. Um, so I want to see what happens in the next season. I think there's going to be a lot of... Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hamilton's a, a, a brilliant driver, but I think he's met his matches. Yeah. I think, uh, he, you know, other drivers have caught up with him. Mm. He, you know, he was good in his day. Yeah. He's now good, but everyone else is equal. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, almost like Alonso. I always see Alonso same thing. the same, yeah. yeah. So he'll always be a great driver. Of course. Can't take away his In his, his day. Success, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he was better than every, all his peers when he was yeah. dominant. Yeah. Now he's not anymore. Yeah, 100%. So I think Russell, Russell's, Russell's probably equal to Hamilton, okay. but Russell's a little bit more of a risk taker, I think. Yeah. Oh, so the experience, you can just see the experience is not there. Yeah. Um, a little bit more of a risk taker. He's almost like... Like Lando two years ago. Yeah. It feels. Like. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and I don't know. I mean, maybe Hamilton should go away and bring his risk taking back mm. if he wants to If he wants to beat Russell. Yeah, for sure. But definitely there will be a... Um, I think we're going to collide, honestly. I think before the end of the season, they're going to collide. Um, uh the way things were, the, the way they were speaking about each other was just kind of scary as a Mercedes fan. Yeah, on my side. But let's see what happens. I think, um, you know, there's still lots to fight for. 
Yeah, I mean, what was interesting was, uh, um, you know, the way some of the teams were instructing drivers. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember which team it was. I think so it McLaren was McLaren, probably. Piastri and Lando, no? Uh, it might have been McLaren, where, uh, where, um, the uh, race engineer said to one of them, I can't remember which driver it was, um, it's not a question, it's an instruction. Oh, yes. To pit. Yes. Um, was it, no, I, couldn't, I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't a question, it was an instruction. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's a good thing because I suppose that instruction has to come from the team boss. Yeah. Like, you tell them to come in now. Sometimes the drivers think they can see everything, yeah. which, you know, to be fair, I mean, they, they're in the car, but... yeah. No, but they've got to make the their argument over the radio for sure. if they don't agree. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't just – sometimes I think the teams can see things that the driver can't see. A lot of the times. I mean, we've seen and that with Max. Max sometimes just does his own thing and it's like you're not going to last another two laps if you carry anything else. Well, the, the, I think what they can predict is where the driver's going to come out on a pit mm. stop in the pack. Mm. Like wh what they did with Hamilton was pit him mm. to put him in clear track, mm. which was brilliant. Mm. Um, was it Hamilton or was it uh, Russell? It was Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton, yeah. And, uh, and, and you can't see that as a driver. You can't see where you're going to end up in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, based on when you're going to pit. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it was, it was, it, I love Suzuka because it, it, it gets very technical um, versus some of the other tracks. Lots of strategies have to play. Three stops. Play. So you, three stops, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's The more stops, so. the better. Exactly. It's more exactly. racing. Anyways, let's see what happens. I think um, we still got lost to fight for, so it'll be a good season so far, <laughs> at least. Moving on, so I read a really interesting article. I read two really interesting articles. So I don't know if you saw this, but in the UK, they've pushed out the the deadline for EVs by another five years. It's not surprising, yeah, uh, Wendy. It's it's really not surprising. I uh, I think governments are ambitious. Yeah, a little bit ambitious. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, 2030, 2035 is around the corner. Mm. It's like literally around the corner. I think was that uh, like maybe like four months ago, we actually had this discussion. I asked you if, the, you know, if you think the deadlines are going to be kind of set in stone. And you did predict that there could be a little bit of, you know, wiggle room um, between some of the, some of the, I guess, the legislations by, you know, by the different nations. But the UK is the first one to move it indefinitely. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that happening. Around, you know, around. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the UK is moving it indefinitely, as you say, um, is good for South Africa because, mm. you know, I hope we don't take our, pedal, uh, our foot off the pedal. Yeah. But um, we've been saying all along, 64% of our manufacture gets exported. A lot of that goes to England. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So if they're pushing out this deadline, it means that our manufacture... Has a little bit more time. It's a little bit more uh, wiggle room, a little bit more time. And uh, and we're not as much at risk as uh, we might have been. Yeah. Um, I think the big question for, you know, that a lot of people are asking is what about the automakers who are kind of have restructured the, the manufacturing and their plants? I mean, this is big. Um, it's going to cost a lot of them a lot of money. And I think it's a little bit unfair um, in that sense. But I think, you know, I don't know how they're going to, Kind of react to this. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine you're a you're an ice vehicle manufacturer. Suddenly, you get this um, deadline from legislators that the world's going to change in 15 years. Yeah. So now you have to reduce margins, invest, 
change how your entire business works and then they shift the deadline. Yeah, it's going to it's going to cost you billions ultimately. Um, you know, nobody's going to be happy about that from yeah. uh, an investment point of view because now you've invested. But at the end of the day, I think the ship might have sailed yeah. in terms of um, adoption of these vehicles. I just don't see that going backwards. Yeah. Even if the deadlines shift, I don't see the adoption going backwards. These cars are just serene to drive. Mm. They are, you know, they're, Besides the silence, I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the exhaust noises and the V, and I love the exhaust noises of a V8. Yeah, of course, we all do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, <clears throat> the uh, driving an EV just makes so much more economical sense. It just the technology is better. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, put aside for a second the environment impact, which is an important part. But even if there was no, if it was absolutely environmentally neutral mm-hmm. I would still say EV is a good way to go because the technology is simpler is there nothing else that's um, a, a good alternative I mean obviously we have hybrid but that's still ultimately an internal combustion engine yes. with, you know, yeah. with a little bit of assistance ultimately what about hydrogen How, how's hydrogen you're still working with an internal combustion engine mm. which has 2000 moving parts mm. a lot more to go wrong yeah a lot more complex. It's clean, but it's it's still it's clean, but it's complex. Not the most efficient way, yeah. Um, and it's still not putting all that efficiency that you're putting into the gas tank, yeah, out on the wheels because you've got all that inefficiency working through the system. Mm. So, the technology and it's 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 like you still wear an analog watch. Mm. Do you have to wind that thing, or does it have a battery? No, it has a battery. Okay, why? Why not? Why not wear a traditional analog watch that you have to wind up every day? Why? Why, why would you choose one with a battery? Well, I don't have to wind it up every single day. That's kind of the why. Thing. It does the same thing. Yeah, but this is just convenient. Convenient and simpler, right? Mm. Okay, so now a digital watch. Yeah. Why is most of the market wear digital watches? I mean, it's battery accuracy, accuracy, as technology. Yeah. Um. You know, so so there's nothing wrong with an analog watch. It's just older technology, more moving parts inside there. Mm. Um, and, you know, the traditional junkies will hold on to it. Mm. Um, but, but it's the, not the, the best way to kind of retime. Um, it's yes, it's not the best way to retime. Uh, but as a matter of fact, talking about watches, what's, you know, <laughs> we, we, we need to get on to what we need to talk about. But, <laughs> but, but um, uh, uh, the reason... Mm. Um, the, the uh, it's no. Let me put it this way: digital watches are actually a, uh, in my opinion, are actually a, a menace. Yeah. Compared to what? Like in in relation to what? To analog. Analog. Okay. Okay. The dials. Yeah. Reason is the follows: you've rewind back to sundial days. Mm-hmm. You and I weren't around. Yeah. This is using way a sundial. Time. <laughs> way before your time. <laughs> um, time used to be. Um, red based on quarters. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Top of the hour, quarter past, half past, quarter to. Nothing in between. There's really rarely anything in between. Mm. Maybe 10 to. Mm. Um, maybe at a minimum in five minute increments. So you ran your life in little 15 minute. In 15 minute increments. Yeah. yeah. Okay? With a digital watch, it's down it's to the second. Down to the, down to the second. Yeah. 
Um, and it creates much more complexity with the digital watch because it's not now, it's no longer now quarter past, it's seven minutes past. Yeah. Exactly uh, that, yeah. You know, so, 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 so in many ways, the analog watch has this traditional um, way in which we run our lives that is a little bit freer of minute to minute mm. um, pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah, of course. Um, because there's this, it's, uh, it's in the mind, it's, it's a mental thing, right? And so I think a, a lot of ways that's kind of the similar way that, uh, internal combustion engine um, is dying out. Um, there is a better way to do it, and that's what you're kind of, kind of saying. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's uh, there's a better way to... Um, to yeah. Th- there's a simpler technology, and that's electric vehicles. Well, let's see what happens. I think um, I, the UK is definitely going to be the first. I think, I think at least. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's, it, we still have a few years, but I don't think it's going to well, be... Whatever the UK possible. does, I think Europe will follow. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Moving on, so the second article I read um, was looking at uh, basically the true cost of an electric vehicle. So we've done, and we're going to be releasing soon the EV uh, buyer survey, which you know gives even more greater in-depth uh, insights into the, the you know the 2023 landscape. But uh, we've always speak about the true cost of an EV, um, and I think a lot of people don't understand what that is. And this paper was based; it was a study um, that was done in Australia, which was looking at which countries have the cheapest running costs. Um, of an electric vehicle. And I found it quite interesting to see where South Africa landed there. Um, well, a cost of our electricity in relation to petrol, yeah. you can see on that list, is massive. Mm. The cost of electricity is a lot lower. That gap will narrow. Mm. So um, chances are we will get higher electricity costs in the future. Now, also bear in mind that uh, this study was calculated based on... Um, a situation where our petrol prices are very, very high at the moment. Yeah, that's um, true. So, so if you if you think about, you know, where we are, I think it's twenty seven rand a liter for diesel. Yeah, it's around there. It's around there, and this study was based on uh, one hundred and forty four rand to fill to do a hundred hundred kilometers. Uh, in an ICE vehicle. So I'm not sure what uh, um, what the fuel what the fuel rate the fuel, was. You can probably yeah. calculate it. But, um, you know, we, we are coming off a calculation where our fuel cost is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you, if you assume for a second that <clears throat> our fuel cost is normal, mm. that means our electricity cost is low mm. in relation to relation, fuel. Yeah, course, yeah. So both just energy, that's all they are. They're energy to do stuff with. Um. And we're, there's a 76% reduction in that list, as you point out, Yeah. in relation to driving an EV versus driving an internal combustion engine vehicle. Um, I don't know if that's in, in the long term a realistic gap. You think it's going to change as a result of you know, more pressure on the grid? This becomes more, well, it's becoming more expensive, essentially. Yes. yes. So we have to upgrade our grid. Yeah. Um, from a from a from a layman's point of view, from the outside, um, we have to upgrade our grid. In order to upgrade our grid, it costs money. Is the conversation that people are having though? Because it, it seems to me that really the the big conversation is just we need to kind of do the adoption, and we don't look at the long term costs of EV. Yeah. No, I mean the medium term cost of EV it's, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. Okay. So seventy six percent cheaper. It's still going to be cheaper even if electricity cost goes up. So that's what I'm saying. 
100%. Is that gap is just it's massive. Still be, yeah, 100%. If you look at some of the other countries, it's more in relation, to, it's, it's, in, it's in line with about 40 to 60%. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we're at 76% different. So, so if, if ever there was a time to own an EV in South Africa, it's right now. Mm. This is the cheapest will the cheapest will probably ever be. In relation, of course, um, you know, inflation and all that. For context, so we, they, this is a study. Until the incentives come. Of course. Then, then it's going to be a little bit it more might, different. Because you won't have, have the upfront capital cost. 100%. Um, so they did, they took 50 countries, yeah, so it's not the entire world. Um, and we ranked at around 17 in terms of the cheapest. Um, well, we're, we're, we're ranked 17th in relation to the cost of filling of an EV. 100%. So uh, 400 kilometers, both, yeah. Yeah, so what does it cost to, 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 to drive an EV for 100 kilometers? We're, we rank 17th. Yeah, which is 34 rand, just, just under 35 rand uh, versus the 144 for petrol. But if we, if we had to take ourselves in relation to the gap between petrol and, um, and EV mm-hmm. in terms of the price difference, uh, we'd probably rank in the top five or 10. I mean, Italy is 134 rand for the 100 uh, kilometers versus 185 for for petrol. Um, do you think that's just super expensive, like um, electricity in Italy? Is 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 that what you kind of suggesting? Yeah, no. Energy costs in Europe is 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 you can see it's it's quite expensive. I'm not too sure if they have uh, taken in consideration just the kind of uh, cost of living. Um, no, they wouldn't have. It would be just the cost just to drive an EV for 100 kilometers. Okay. So the cost of energy in Europe is, is, uh, is, has risen. And that's the reason this list is the way it is. So it is really cheap to run an EV in South Africa. And in the last two years where you've actually driven an EV, do you still feel that it's a lot cheaper? I think, it's, I think, it's, uh, uh, I think the cost is about equal. Okay. When you take into account the increased capital outlay. Yes. Um, um, after how long though? After like what? Like five years? You think that's when you start seeing? No, you've got to you've got to ta- you've got to take the calculation over the life of the car. Yeah. Right. Or over the over the lifetime that you would drive a car. So let's so call it five years. Yeah. Okay. And then take off the depreciation. What What do you buy the car for? What would you sell the car for? Mm. What is the difference in that? That's a cost to you. Um, any cost of uh, uh, of driving the car, which in the case of an EV is only electricity, mm-hmm. um, on an ICE vehicle it would be electricity. It, it would be fuel servicing 100%. parts, all those things, um, and the compare the two that way. While the saving is seventy six percent in fuel for an EV in South Africa, you still have that initial capital. That initial capital outlay, yeah, is still big. Okay, it's I still see. it's still prohibitive. I mean, that's until we get the incentives. That's when. In you know, we'll start seeing. Yeah, but when are those coming? Yeah, I mean, I'll ask my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So um, staying on the topic of the true cost of, you know, of things. Um, I think something that we've spoken about is the, cru- the true cost of buying a car. Um, so we've spoken about, you know, ownership is not the same thing as just buying a car. Um, it's two different things that you have to take into consideration. But I think when people are selling a car, they don't think about what are the costs that they might incur. Um, so, I mean, just off the cuff, is there any cost that you might want to raise up that people might not necessarily think about? I'd like to say um, Yeah, so so the the outgoing costs of selling a car is obviously the advertising cost. Yeah. Okay, so if you advertise it on Autotrader privately, mm-hmm. uh, that would cost you 549 Rand. 
yeah. um, for an advert. Um, if your price is in the right place and it's the right make, model, and variant, chances are you'd pay once for an ad and then sell your car within that advertising period. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you've got an unrealistic price expectation or you've got the wrong make, model, variant that is not in demand at the moment, or there's a high supply of those, which means you've got to bring your price down. You know, you could be paying. Yeah, two so times, three times that. Exactly. Yeah. 1,500 Rand for ads, okay. for instance. So it's advert is, is one of them. Um, so the other ones that have come up, yeah, which, which was a surprise to me, was capital gains tax. Not a, not a likely scenario in South Africa unless you... Are a business, ultimately. No, not on, not on, not on a car unless, okay. it's a, unless it's an investment vehicle, like, a, like an, exot, an exotic car that appreciates or, oh, a, or a classic car that appreciates. Okay. But you're not going to pay CGT. Yeah, on like as an individual, uh, just as an, as an individual on a on a car. Chances are the car is going to depreciate massively. Um, you know, so the, the the time you could pay tax on a vehicle in a business is if that car, um, if the car's tax write off is faster than the actual depreciation okay. of the car, then you I could see. pay tax on the difference. Naturally, obviously, there's there's VAT. Um, which you might have to deal with? Not as an individual. Once again. So ultimately, there there's isn't too many you know, additional costs outside of just documentation and those sort of things. So, so it's going to be your advertising cost and it's going to be uh, any costs you incur to prove to the buyer that the car is in good condition, like maybe a DECRA report mm. or um, a 75,000 point check from the OEM mm. or, um, or one of those. Okay, understood. But we do have this article which does speak into this in more, in more great detail. Uh, so we'll link it inside, um, well, underneath the video um, if you want to check that out. Lastly but not least, George, big fan favorite. People are always asking us questions on Ask Auto Trader. So I thought maybe we could ask uh, some some fresh ones that have come through and maybe you can uh, help some of the people who've asked. So Katlik was asked, I just bought a house still waiting to move in. When is it the right time to buy a car? Katlecher, um, that is a complex question. Um, a few variables. Yeah, depending on your own situation. Um, so very difficult to answer. Um, you know, the best time to buy a car um, is very dependent on your transport needs. Okay. Okay. So, so I would say the decision to buy a car, let's forget about the finance mechanism, the value of the car, you know, those kinds of things is your need to travel. Mm. Okay. So if you've got a need to travel, let's say you've got to do 60 kilometers per day. Mm-hmm. I would weigh up the options between ownership, usage, ride sharing and ride hailing. Mm. Those four against each other based on Convenience time and... The total monthly cost of what it would cost you. Okay. So from an ownership point of view, um, monthly cost, fuel, repairs and maintenance, uh, all those things on a monthly basis, and then versus ride hailing, ride sharing, those things you can probably calculate a lot easier. Um, and public transport, if uh, if if there is in, and then there's the convenience factor, yeah, convenience which you can't design. really put a number to. Yeah. So so for me, it's it's when owning a car becomes the most efficient way to get from A to B or to get to where you want to go. 
100%. That's the right time to buy a car. So there isn't like a set time. It's, it's really just about, you know, weighing up your situation. Weighing up your situation. Um, lowest possible lifestyle cost. 100%. That's the, the way to go. The lifestyle cost. It's, it's the trap that everybody falls into is, yeah. is lifestyle. Yeah. Um, people want to live beyond their means. They want to live up to the Joneses. They, you know what? They want to, most people in the world want to buy things they don't need to impress people that they don't like. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's how it works. Well, don't do that, Katleho. <laughs> Just look, <laughs> look at your situation and then they'll kind of, you know, there's no direct answer. Next question from Bultong. <laughs> Love your name. Um, where can I find dealer reviews? We actually received a lot of this question, so I think maybe we can finally get to the It's bottom. a good question, Bultong, because at the moment, um, Order Trader is, uh, um, you know, thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, it doesn't really exist mm. um, in a automotive business. Mm. It exists on social media and other platforms. So you can go and... Like hello, Peter. And hello, yes. So go and do your research there. Yeah. You'll find a lot of um, re- business reviews yeah. on, on social media as well as uh, other dedicated platforms. But from an automotive point of view, just from a dealership review perspective no one's done anything yet mm, so the best thing to do here is just come kind of do your homework and, and research you have to you have to you've got to do your research uh, um, on a on a dealer before buying a car 100 percent. and the last question comes from stasio's asked i've just finished paying off my car how do i get the financial bank or how do i get the logbook from the bank uh, who financed the vehicle uh stasio why would the bank have the logbook um if the bank financed your car, I think he's, yeah. Or oh, am I misunderstanding the word logbook? I think it's basically the, I guess, the title deed of the vehicle after you, you've paid off the Oh, okay. You're talking about the title. Mm. Yeah. So the bank, will, the bank will have it in their vault somewhere. Mm. And uh, once you've paid off the vehicle, the bank will give it to you with pleasure. Just get in touch with the banker. 100%. And that's pretty much... Probably have to prove that it's your car. I mean, what did you have to do then? Just ID, ID, if it's your car, and the finance was in your name, shouldn't be a problem. 100%. And that's all the time we have for. Thank you again, George. See you next week. All the time we have for. <laughs> Search Orchard Trader. <laughs>